welcome back another episode of green teamers pod as always i'm yev we got matt my co-host and a very special guest today jordan Ardabilchi, very good friend of mine from bu um probably the one of the only other people that i think comes close in uh the celtics fandom to me so uh welcome jordan thanks for coming on yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah, I do think I'm a huge Celtics fan. I do consider myself that. Um, even though I'm from Los Angeles, I grew up loving the Celtics. Uh, I loved, you know, you, I saw like the dichotomy. You see the Lakers play here for me, and you see how Kobe plays, and you know that all that one-on-one nonsense. It wasn't for me. Uh, I loved watching, you know, Rondo. Pierce, KG, you know, Ray, just seeing that team chemistry, that's what kind of, you know, took me to Boston and, you know, went there college for four years in BU, got to see a lot of Celtics games live and, you know, love them to death. That was perfect. I, I used to be a big Kobe hater and then like everything happened. And so I kind of had to start respecting him more, but uh, I fuck with that because I, I I didn't like how he played either. So that's, yeah, uh, just not for that's me. pretty fire. All right, Matt. You you, you have did you take uh Jordan to any any games? No, I didn't. I overlapped with him for like one semester. One year. Yeah. One I year. Yeah, I only know him for time. one semester, yeah. And oh, it was during COVID, yeah, right? I, so Oh yeah, like no that's games, it. no fans either. Yeah. Now when I was in Boston, I went to like maybe four or five playoff games. Uh I was actually at the game, uh that Lakers Celtics game after Kobe passed. Oh, uh, that one. That yeah, I was that at that was game. Emotional. Um, I actually don't think I've ever been to a game at TD Garden that they lost. They oh. won all the. They won all the playoff games. They won that game versus the Lakers. We played the Grizzlies once. I'm pretty sure we won that game. Ten and 0, 10 and zero with you. Like, Where were you in the finals like, this year, dude? <laughs> yeah, well, get back here. Back in Los Angeles, but yeah, I think like something like nine and zero. Yeah, that's a good record. Damn. If we if we make the finals this year, fly back, you get yeah, you get you you to. on your get I might have to for sure. I might yeah. have to with nine and no record. Take, I mean, I I'll take you up on that offer any day. All right, fire. <laughs> awesome. So let's get into this past week. So only two games, but two wins, and they weren't super pretty. But um, but we'll dive we'll dive into them. So first one was. Super high scoring game against the Pacers in Indiana. Not not much defense played, but found a way to win. So Fucking let's ridiculous. I guess let's get into that. Yegev, did you you got anything from that game you want to sort of start off with? Yeah, I mean you guys know I'm a huge stickler for defense. So when I see Indiana Pacers team who's scoring pretty much 140 points on you with fucking Miles Turner dropping 40 points shooting 13 for 15 from the field. I mean, I know you get hot some nights. He shot 8 for 10 from 3, which is, like, absolutely absurd. But they still shot 52% from the field as a team. I mean, like, we were lucky enough to pull out the win, but I I expect so much more from them. Um, I guess they kind of proved, they improved on the next game. But, um I mean, you got to show – like, that game could have been over so much earlier. Tatum and Brown wouldn't have had to play so many so many minutes in overtime. So I feel like this is, again, where we kind of let let these easy teams kind of get the best of us – I mean, get the worst of us, really. And then our stars end up playing way too many minutes. And then 
you know, throughout the course of the season, it just adds up so much. So, yeah, we talked about in the last episode, big thing for the second half of the season is just amping up that defense and really starting to lock in more against middle-of-the-road teams. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I actually had one positive takeaway from that game, Let's and go. it reminded me a lot of the Orlando losses where a scrub team just shot lights out like all those guys just making threes. I remember like when we were playing Orlando, like Wendell would hit a three and Ben Carroll shoots like 25%, decides to go like five of five, you know? Yeah. Right. And when that, or, or like when we played the Thunder and got blown out by 40, even like yeah, when a awful. bad team, with no SGA, just, right? <laughs> right. With no SGA, exactly. When a bad team just pours it on us, it felt like earlier in the season, we kind of would just give up. It would just be like, you know, like, come on. like And we were, also, we were on the road. It would just be, like, annoying. And the players would get annoyed, right? Yeah. And it was, like, it was very obvious. This game, it at least felt like... I mean, I know we started off with a bit of a lead, so that kind of helped. But it felt like our, instead of our players getting annoyed at what was happening, it felt like they kind of, like, Marcus was, like, you know, getting into it with Halliburton, right? Jalen and Matherin were chirping back at each other. Right. And like, that's what I want to see this team not play like, you know, don't play annoyed. Don't play like, like, not even, like they're not afraid. Just don't play like things aren't going your way. Force the issue, right? Yeah. Force things to go your way because they're so much more talented than literally every team. It's actually crazy how much more talented I think we are. Yeah. And Agreed. they, and we all know it, right? The players know it, the staff knows it. It's the worst kept secret in the league, how much better we are. And so when they just decide to play like that and they have that fire, which, we, you know, we're going to get to the Philly game, which I saw a little bit on the Philly game as well, right? It It's very clear that we're, not, we're just not going to lose. So that was encouraging. Obviously, right. the defense can be better. Miles Turner isn't going to make eight threes every single, you know, game. Matherin isn't going to hit step backs over Jalen Brown and whatnot, you know. Matherin's Halliburton, nice, though. Him, no, I like him. You know, yeah. oh, no, he's good. But like Hal, Halberton's not making like deep threes. Like I don't know if you guys watch indie play. I watch them a lot because I have I had Halberton fantasy basketball, so <laughs> I like to watch my players. They they don't they're not like that. So yeah. you know, Halberton might be like that. Oh no, he's like that. The rest of them aren't. He only had twenty two yeah. points though. Fourteen assists yeah, like was that. huge. Yeah, but like, I mean, come on! You he yeah. hit so many deep threes. Like, he yeah, just he pulled does. up. Yeah, with so like, ug- with the ugliest form in the league too. Hey, Brogdon got hit. Brogdon might be a close yeah, Brog- second there. Brogdon's very. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that no, that was a great point, takeaways. Jordan. I agree. I agree, kind of with all that. Um, and I thought it was even more impressive. This is also going to go hand in hand with the Sixers game, but for finding ways to win when our best player forgets how to play basketball and shoots nine for 25 from the field. I mean, against the Sixers, he also shot pretty horrendously three for 12 from three um, against Pacers. I mean, but he somehow he still managed to finish with 30, 12 and seven, which is pretty remarkable, but dude, his, his Sixers like field goal percentage actually ended up wasn't bad. Yeah. Relatively. Yeah, okay. Fun. But yeah, it felt like he couldn't make a shot. It was like 43% yeah. or something. Cause he In got the so beginning- many wide open dunks. Yeah, in the be- in the first half though, it was insane. I'm trying to keep it yeah. on the pitches before you go to the Sixers. Um, but going back, so our ability to still win games when when our best player is having a really bad shooting night is just it's so reassuring. Like 
like you were saying, how talented we are. We're just so incredibly deep that Brogdon and White just step up so easily and, and they feel so comfortable making so huge, coming off the bench, hitting big shots, playing a lot of minutes, in, whether it's in crunch time or just late in the game. Yeah. It's just I feel that we're so fortunate and it's really nice <laughs> after a few years of having a Celtics team with a very oh. depleted bench where we never really had like yeah, very team. stellar guys off the bench. We were playing off the bench. It was in awesome. the bubble. We were playing the bubble. We were playing Wanamaker and Ojale. Yeah, I want yeah. like people to understand that from Brad Wanamaker. Yeah, out of the league. You know, to Don't Malcolm the Brogdon days, bro. Um, like we have, we have. I think the two leading six man candidates should be. I know Derek doesn't get the recognition because oh. he starts all the time. Yeah, you know. Because of injury, but in reality, he's a six man too. We have to like it's crazy how good this team is. Yeah, it is. It really is. Matt, let's hear some 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 input from you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good points all all around. I'm uh obviously Brogdon and White are insane to have off the bench. I feel like they'd be like a top ten backcourt <laughs> if they were a, a, a starting backcourt. Um maybe a little worse but but they're they're really really fucking good um but yeah i'm just kind of looking at the box score right now we got tatum and brown 30 plus which was great i feel like do, i always see tweets about like oh the celtics are like have just such an insane win percent when that like that's 20, hit so like 20 and 1 or something 20 and 1 yeah, yeah. literally something crazy is well, that this year cat no it's all time, overtime calves yeah, that was the overtime Cavs game. That was the one we lost. I'm pretty sure it was that like Karras and uh, Mitchell. Oh, no, Karras, 40. forty point, yeah. forty plus yeah. each. That I hate him so much. Was him, that the Terrence game? Ross? Was that the Boston house, one or the Cleveland one? In Cleveland, we watched it at your house. You guys, oh, you, do you so that? so dunk. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so Tim even got fouled on that dunk. So low key, it should, yeah, it should have been a win. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess. Oh. All right, I, it will bring play. Some, oh yeah, I was gonna say that. Bring yeah. that up for the Sixers game. Same yeah. exact play. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think honestly we're we're pretty good to move on to Sixers. Overall, great win. Yeah, move on to Philly. For getting a win in, in 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 Indiana, finding a way to win, even though fresh out of the All Star break, maybe a little rusty. But yeah, that's exactly what we want to see from this team. Um, next game against Sixers, very different environment. We know Celtics Sixers. Is like somewhat of a rivalry just because we're both really good. It's not, it's a pretty lopsided rivalry, but still a lot of people <laughs> like to consider it one. Um, but yeah, let's 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 dive into this. Matt, Jordan, what do you guys think? What did what was your favorite part about the game? Um Ooh. Jordan, you yeah. first, and then I'll Me then first, I'll chime yeah. in. Right, yeah. Sounds good. Um I'll say this. My favorite part about this game was the others showing up. I know, I mean, Brown Brown had it going in spurts. Um, which was, you know, nice uh, to see him put up like 26, I believe, from the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. Uh, Tatum, 18, wasn't great shooting the ball, but came up big. But I really liked what I saw from the others. I thought Derek was incredibly amazing, as always, it seems like. <laughs> uh, for me, even though Tatum is clearly, you know, ha- having an unbelievable season, he's Derek White has to be my MVP now because mm-hmm. it's just I feel like he's the best player Every night, it no. seems like I have Derek to give White's it your there. MVP or um, most like surprisingly good. No, no, he is my MVP. I really do. No, think the Celtics, the Celtics. For, for the Celtics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, I know, no, but yeah. still, 
No, I think he's. I think something we've always said about Marcus is now becoming Derek's niche, and it's. It seems like he's kind of become the heartbeat of the team this season. Um. Okay. Because Smart's like, been hurt, do you think? Yeah, I mean, Smart being hurt definitely yeah. plays a huge part. But like, yeah. it just seems like Derek comes in the game, and things go well, and it's yeah. consistent now. So like, and I like ha and Tatum, you know, in a lot of Tatum hasn't been great recently. His numbers have tailed off a bit. Obviously, like I'm not gonna. I don't care. He's been so amazing overall. I love Tatum. You know, I'm not yeah. one of those crazies who think we should, you know, do that. But I love Derek, so I thought he was incredible. Um, Al making all his shots oh, against Philly and all in a row. Yeah. Love that. Like he was huge. Grant's defense versus Embiid again. He wasn't great on offense. One for five from three. I think one for six from the field. Something like that. Um. It wasn't there on offense. That didn't matter. He was locked in defensively when he was guarding Embiid. He was giving Harden some fits. I remember Harden kept trying yeah. to drive on him, tried doing, you know, step backs, kept missing. Um, so he was really good defensively. And then uh Rob. Rob to me was spectacular. That was his best game of the season. Um, I thought he wasn't given chance many chances to guard Embiid. Uh which I never really understand. I know we want him to be a roamer, which is like, you know, the idea is like, that's why you don't have him on a guy like Embiid or Jokic. Might be too skinny too. But I mean, there Embiid was one. might just body him down. There was one play where Embiid tried going into Rob's chest. Rob took the hit, firmed it. Embiid didn't get anywhere. F you know, fade it away. Rob contests because he can jump so high. Embiid just bricks it off the front of the rim. And it's just, he's worked on his strength. I think he deserves at least more chances at the matchup. Sometimes yeah. Horford is just getting lost, you know? There were like a few possessions where I'm like, Rob can't do worse than this. But Rob was That's incredible on, on offense. He was aggressive with his shot. He would need him to be aggressive. Um, I think he's I think Rob is getting into a new role where they don't want him to do as many high flying theatrics to preserve yeah. his knees. So I think I Rob is starting to transition, but part of that means that when he gets the ball, it's not gonna be lobs anymore. So he needs to get the ball down low and then do it himself. Right. Oh, and me and I, I talked about this. Yeah. He, he needs a, to do that more. Yeah. But he did it last game, seven for seven, including that, uh, that, uh, jumper with the buzzer. He was yeah, incredible. Deep. Yeah. He was just incredible. So that was my takeaway was that the others really stepped up when needed. The defense was really good. I mean, he'd still got his 40, but he worked for 40. He flopped yeah. for like 15 of them, but. He he had to work for the other thirty. Which, so dramatic. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like when we make other teams to work for it. It really, yeah. it's good to see. I feel like we're one of the only teams that is able to do that with Embiid, like on a consistent consistent basis every time we play him. Because every time we play him, I feel like he's always like, yeah, we talk, we joke and we make fun of him for flopping and flailing and all that. But he that's really his only way of scoring against us because we're we're just that good on him and we have so many bodies to throw at him which i think is so important for the way our team is built um so yeah i one thing that stood out to me was kind of a rare rare thing but brogdon was kind of like nowhere to be found i feel like he'd only played like 20 minutes he had five points didn't even shoot that bad like his, his plus points, minus though his plus minus was was high Plus he got like seven or eight boards how many boards did he get like seven or eight seven yeah he had seven yeah it was just it was just solid um, just a little bit more quiet of a night, um, which oh, is sure. fine. And I think that just goes to show like what we're able to do, even when our six men of the year is kind of 
on like an off night, which is good. Another thing, Jordan, for your Derek White campaign, he's actually fifth in the NBA in plus minus, which I think is I'm pretty just, awesome. I'm saying this guy What's is Tatum? Tatum is first. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But no, for a guy off the bench to be fifth in the I NBA, mean, yeah, I, Derek that's is insane. Just... And you have to also think about like how his role changes literally every night. You know, yeah, always... sometimes he's a starting point guard. Sometimes he's a number two option when Jalen breaks his face. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's off the bench again, and he's still putting up points. Exactly. He's it's pretty remarkable what what, what he's able yeah, to I do love... for us. It's like a Swiss Army knife. God, I love him so much. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we kind of hinted at this on the during the Pacers game, but the. The versatility of having a superstar like Tatum, where you can run the exact same play for him um, as you did earlier in the season to get a game time, to get a go-ahead field goal in the last five seconds. But he's able to kind of change it based off the different situations and his ability to adapt. If you looked at the the time when we ran that for him against Cleveland, he took it straight into the paint, wasn't scared of, I think it was Jared Allen. Jared Allen. He knows to pick his matchups. If you watch the Sixers play, you see him driving and you can see him beats starting to slide into the paint to help. And that's when he makes his decision to cross over back and then take the three. He knew he had Melton on on the skate, on the rope. And he then he was yeah. just able to knock down the three. Like like that ability like to make those decisions so quickly and in the moment is, is just like, that's what makes him a superstar, I feel like. And that's what okay. separates him from so many other players in the league. And it's just such a pleasure. And such like a, I'm blanking on the word, but it's just like so nice to have a a, a guy that can do that because like I feel like that's exactly what kind of separates him from Jalen because I feel like in situations like that Jalen like kind of picks his spot ahead of time like he's gonna go in and go get a fadeaway or a step back yes. mid ranger and then he'll he'll go for that no matter what the matchup is like he doesn't have the ability to adapt quickly and make those split second decisions that really make you like that stud. So, yeah, it was just really great to see Tim do that. Hit the big shot. Silence all the haters who love saying that he's not clutch and whatnot. It was second to Kian. Kian. Great, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going like to most. Isn't he There's the most haters, clutch so. player in the NBA? Like, yeah. Stat, it was like 51% of his shots he makes it's in like insane. the last 24 seconds to go it's ahead. Ins- There's actually two stats. So the first stat is since entering the NBA in the 2017-2018 season, he's made 11 game time or go-ahead shots in both the regular season and the playoffs, which is inside the final five seconds of the game. So that includes fourth and overtime. And that is the most in the league since then. And then the one you're talking about is he's shooting. He's the only player in NBA history to shoot at least 50% on those game time or go-ahead field goals in the last 24 seconds of the fourth quarter. And that's a minimum yeah. of 25 attempts, which is insane. So in his career, he's 13 for 26 on those shots, which is just amazing. Yes. Like it's I mean- a different level. Yeah, and you wonder why Kyrie got mad at him for taking that one buzzer in Orlando like five years ago. He's a cancer. That's why, because Kyrie only cares about himself. But um, yeah. neither here nor there. Not gonna let Kyrie make make his way into this <laughs> into this discussion. But um, but yeah, I think that was just a huge win for us last night. Again, just finding ways to win. We were down fifteen at one point. We were up ten. Then the Sixers made a run, and just our ability to respond was just like incredible and exactly where it's been all year and it's good to see us be able to maintain that mentality so fresh off the all-star break it's a really good sign i think going forward i want to uh bring in you guys have good points i i agree with those i want to um first of all just give horford some props i thought he 
he totally brought us back into the game with those threes. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. It's probably kind of obvious, but we were down 15 at that point, and he totally shot us back Four into threes. the game. Yeah. So Cla- that was classic performances where he just refuses to lose. Yeah, exactly. He's always good for like four or five of those a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was great. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about, which you gave you touched on a little earlier, is just the like our our closing lineup. So so against Philly, it was our our starting five. Um, But then the game the game before Brogdon was in for uh, Rob Williams. So like. I guess I I want to hear your your guys' thoughts. Obviously, it seems like it's kind of matchup based, and Derek Brogdon Grant will kind of switch in with Rob in that fifth spot. It seems like like the the four guys Smart Brown Tatum and Horford are, are almost always going to close. And Smart had a a very poor game for his standards yesterday. He was he was pretty bad, and he still closed. So I think. Minus Joe 22. just kind of has that that trust for smart and is gonna go with with smart no matter what. So I kind of want to hear yeah. your guys' thoughts on on that fifth spot. Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, 100%. it's tough. He was a minus twenty two. Derek was a plus twenty five. Like you could, if you're just looking at the stats, you could have easily made the argument to play Derek in that situation. I don't think against a team as I test as... Derek was better though too. Yeah. Every single aspect, so Derek yeah. is better but this year. I agree. You're right. It's just I feel like like we talked about what Smart has become, and I feel like trusting him goes hand like you have to trust him when he's playing well and also when he's playing bad, and you you kind of yeah. have no choice to play him in those minutes. I feel like it's more it'll it's like better to discuss playing White over Robert Williams maybe in that situation. Um, it's just tough with a such a big team like the Sixers. You kind of need. That I was size. shocked Grant wasn't in. I thought Grant I mean, was going to close. Didn't Grant fin- wait? Didn't Grant finish the game though? Yeah. At no. the very end. No, I swear at the very end. No, he went on. He went on for some offense late. But I'm yeah. more talking yeah, about yeah. like when that he missed the three in the corner. They did yeah. the yeah. offense defense stuff, but more so yeah. like the general flow of play because Grant missed yeah. a big three late. But um, yeah. they. Rob obviously had a great game, Jordan. Though, as you said, so so I I do get keeping him. It, it's so hard. There's so many guys I mean, who can is, go, and there's arguments is, for any of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is uh, like it, it's a blessing. Is it a curse? I think it's a blessing. You know, yeah. that you have it's so a many good options. Problem to have. It's a great one to have. Um, I, I mean, at least for me, I see it as there's there should be two guys who's you know at final thought. You know, those guys are in the final rotation. That's uh, Jalen and Jason. Those are the two who should be guaranteed a spot, right? Uh, and then we go for Rob and Al. That should be matchup dependent. You're going to find out more so that 99% of matchups will tell you to play Al rather than Rob. Al can uh, shoot. You know, because yeah. Al can shoot. Exactly. But there might be a situation where Rob is better. So, but you know, it really, for me, it isn't like Al's job. It's a toss-up. But, like, you know, most of the time we're going to go Al. And then for the final two spots, I think you just pick which two guards are playing better that day, right? So if it's Brogdon and White who have it, Brogdon and White. If it's Brogdon and Smart, Brogdon and Smart. White and Smart, White and Smart, right? That's kind of, to me, how it should be. Um, like, if your name isn't Jalen or Jason, right? Like, you, you just better be playing better that day. That Like, if you're yeah. on, then you get a finish. If you're not, it's fine. You don't need to finish every game. Like it's not like an indictment on Marcus that he shouldn't yeah. finish 
you know, that one game versus the Sixers. Okay, if you had a bad game, who knows? Tomorrow, Marcus might hit like seven threes, have 10 assists, and now we're all saying Marcus needs to finish that game. You know, it's just ebbs and flows. And I think Joe needs to, he needs to not be afraid of hurting some feelings. Yeah, I I agree with you, Jordan. But actually, my my arguments, I think Marcus is the guy who would be affected. But you guys may may disagree with this, but by being being benched in that situation, I think sort of like uh, Horford doesn't give a a shit. Like Brogdon, White, they they seem like just kind of the vibe I get. I feel like they would not sort of be be sort of put down as much whereas i feel like marcus would be so do you think like maybe in the playoffs joe goes brogdon and white because it's the playoffs Ugh. but since this is the regular season he's trying to sort of keep i, I, I think that time- or because or, i agree with what you're saying that's what i would do too but clearly missoula didn't yeah you get you go i was gonna say i think so that i was gonna follow up jordan's point you, 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 this is a good transition for it. I agree with that general mentality. I think it should be the best of the three. And, and that, that's what would work the best. But for me, I'm not going to believe it until I actually see him put smart on the bench in a crunch time moment, because in my head, it's incredibly hard to him to see him making that decision just because of like the relationship they have and smart role on the team. But Matt, going back to what you said, I think if there was ever a time to do it, it would be in the regular season. Yeah. Because in the playoffs, I would Tested. always want Smart. That's fair. You trust him then. Yeah. That's fair. Smart. For me, no it's not even what, about that. I, I trust Smart with like my life and like his my life in his hands. Like I trust him so much. But I'm down yeah. to see that that just trying it out in the regular season. Like I'm totally here for that. I actually think that like a combination of the points you guys made, I actually think it's way better to bench Marcus now than in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. if you like, let's just say we have a series, like, you know, a second round series versus Miami, just to put a random team out there that Please we no. might face. Right. <laughs> no, I actually want Miami. They're really easy. They're, they're easy pickings. Yeah. Year. I agree with this. I think Miami sucks. No, they, they're terrible, but you have a scared uh, of them. let's just, let's just pretend it's Miami. Terrified. Right. And uh, you bench, you bench Marcus in that game in like a game three. Right. And we end up winning, losing, whatever. I think that's going to be harder for Marcus's like confidence to rebound from mm-hmm. getting benched in the playoffs yeah, that's a good than point. the regular season. Yeah, because I think I think you know, iron char- iron sharpens iron, kind of a thing here. Yeah, benching to me, benching Marcus in the regular season, like in this game versus Philly, a big game, kind of sends a message to him. It's like, hey. You know, we love you and we trust you. You're our starting point guard. That's not going anywhere. Nobody should be arguing for him to get, you know, demoted to the bench. Right. But at the same time, you are not like, you know, there's, you are not guaranteed, you know, mm-hmm. that finishing job anymore. We need more out of you. You you know, he's giving a lot, but we need even more. You can't be missing open threes. Stupid right? turnovers. You be, yeah. You can't be doing that. Your defense has to be locked in. Don't be flopping. Like, you know, if the refs aren't giving you those calls, right, don't yeah. keep going for them because they're, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. And I did keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. He kept doing Exactly. Kept doing it. Like, and so for me, at least, I think that the benching him now in just to end the game or two will send a message to him and actually make him better. If you do it in the playoffs, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid that is where you can actually damage him. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's like a way to motivate him to exactly to play make him more aware make him more present in the moment make better decisions and then hopefully he'll play better because of that 
Yeah, I think he's going to finish every game. That's yeah, close, but it's good. Like, like you said, I would be points. shocked. I would I would be shocked if Joe didn't. But I think like the only way is if Brogdon and White each have like a thirty piece off the bench. Yeah, and it's just like now you can't bench them. But Something like, insane. Or if like yeah. Smart is in foul trouble, he runs with Derek foul White trouble. and Brogdon. Yeah, and then they it's just working, and then he doesn't put. He had like say smart as five thousand. He still keeps smart on the bench, yeah, even though it's just he has yeah. Goals. Like there's yeah, there's like some crazy situational stuff. But I think we all agree that yeah, outside of those you know crazy situations, Marcus is, is going to finish for better or for worse. Yeah. yeah, going back to the uh, the who's going to finish or continuing on with the who's who will finish games in in those guard spots. I also think that. Obviously, Brogdon finished against the Pacers, and he was cooking that game. He he played great, but I Revenge. think overall, yeah, right. Overall, I think Smart and White make Tatum and Brown better, and they're easier for sort of Tatum and Brown to play with than Brogdon. So I I think I don't know, like maybe maybe that goes into it a bit for jokes, sort of leaning leaning Smart and White because White's such a good ball mover, Smart great playmaker. And Brogdon's more like uh, he, he's great as as well, but I feel like he's a lot of like all right. The offense kind of runs through him a bit when he's on there with pick and rolls stuff like that. So I don't know if if late in games Missoula may may like smarter or or white more than than Brogdon for those kind of reasons. Yeah, I I never thought about it really that much, but something I do notice with Brogdon is a lot of times he'll bring the ball up and still decide to go for like a one-on-one contested layup like he'll like take he like won't even move the ball at all and he'll immediately like try to get to the rim which is fine like like I don't mind it it's better than him like jacking up some sh- stupid step back three like at least he's going to the paint um but I think that definitely is true and but it also might just speak more to smart the way smart and white play and less just about yeah. Brogdon plays like smart yeah yeah 100 great distributor obviously has great chemistry with Tatum and Brown just been playing together so long then you have White great cutter slasher to the basket he's just so quick doesn't he dribble moves, really just like doesn't dribble makes a move passes, or moves makes a decision yeah. exactly exactly um so yeah I think that's definitely true although it's weird because Brogdon was the one who closed the yeah, Pacers that's... game so but I definitely still think what you said is is definitely stands true. It's interesting to think about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so while we're on the topic of Joe decisions Joe has to make, um, Bill Simmons had a really interesting tweet um, during the game yesterday. This was, I think, before um, Tatum hit the big shot, but it still stands. I still think it's a really good point. He tweeted, Celts could have gone offense, defense, and gone smaller and gone for a two-for-one. Instead, they walk it up, no spacing, horrible Tatum three. They waste the two for one. The coach has to be better by April. White on the bench last five minutes in this matchup is just indefensible. So what do you guys think? Do you see is do you do you think this is an over exaggeration? Do you think this is fair criticism? Do you think Joe actually has to get better by April? Or are you worried at all for of decisions like these and sequences like these come playoff time? Joe Nigo. Yeah. Um I think it's a little bit of an over, you know, exaggeration. He's making a big deal about nothing. Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't love the decision not to play Derek. When it comes to that whole idea of we should have went for a two for one, uh, we were up two, I believe, at that point. 
when we decided to take it slow and Tatum miss that three. Yeah, and so I, I was actually no, I love taking it slow. I didn't love the end result, but for me, we're up to there's like thirty some seconds left, thirty five seconds left, whatever it is. Get one. It's better to get one good shot and go up four with like ten seconds left than to just jack something up and now we get we we got the ball back anyways. Like up so, two, I agree. Tied yeah. or losing, obviously go quick, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But up two, there was really no risk. Um, it was a great decision actually by Joe. Uh, I've been really impressed with him. I think my only gripe with Joe's coaching is, uh, and this is just something I've noticed recently, is that it now just seems like we're doing a lot of, of first quarter, Jalen, you get going. Second quarter, Tatum, you get going. You know, third quarter, maybe, you know, Tatum keeps it going. And then Jalen, start the fourth, you get going. And that's the one gripe I have about Joe's coaching right now. It seems like he's okay with that. Uh, with like that kind of a split between our two stars, I think it's just better if they were playing more off of each other to get both of them in a rhythm together, setting screens with each other, you know, a lot more ball movement. Um, but I mean, in terms of how we're doing closing games, I think we're still we're like the third best clutch team by net rating, so or second uh, by record, second by Bucks. record, yeah, like how funny and actually. Yeah, like exactly. And and we had the loss to them that if we just, yeah. you know, don't choke that overtime, you know. Same record. Same record, exactly. So I, I think it's a bit of an over-exaggeration. The, the sky is not falling with Joe. He's doing a great job. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I could be wrong here. I actually think he's better than uh, Ime. I might be in a minority. Oh, oh. yeah, doesn't like that. Uh, I'm, I agree. I, I think he's actually, I think he's a lot better than uh, Ime. Uh, Ime did one thing good, which was Different. he got our guys not to play like assholes, which was good. <laughs> like to, to for them to start giving a shit. That yeah. that's what they needed. They need somebody to make them care, and so Ime did that, and I recognize that, and I think it's amazing. Now they care. They get what's at stake. However, Ime was. I don't think Ime was an offensive genius when it comes to that. And mm. then the sport is an offensive dominant game. And now you're seeing Joe, a point guard guy who gets had to initiate offense, putting everything in motion. And I think we're seeing a beautiful product. So I, I love Joe Bill Simmons. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> One maybe bad managed game in February means nothing. You have, I got a question for, for you. So I feel like, on this pod, you you have a lot of sort of not issues, but you, but you have some you question some of Gripes. a lot of Joe's decisions. I have some, but gripes. then yeah, yeah, great word, great word. But then last last pod we were we were given our coach of the year predictions, and you went with Joe. So which yeah. which, which is it with you? I, I mean, guess you can I've, have grapes, and you can still be coach of the year. But but talk yeah. a little more on that. Um. So yeah, that's a that's a fair question. Uh, first, I like to say I think Coach of the Year is also you're less comparing him to what he can do better and more you're just comparing him to other coaches in the league and other teams in the league. So I feel like – and also Joe has a really nice storyline going into this season, coming off like a really bad finals loss. Then you had the whole Ime fiasco in the summer, and now you have this guy who was a behind-the-bench coach last year all of a sudden being thrown in – to a head coaching position on the starts of the team with sky high expectations. You have like 
you don't really know what to expect from him. And then he comes out here and he he's coaching the best team in the league. So I feel like that storyline is incredibly important for his coach of the year. And I don't see any other coach that rivals that. That being said, um, my answer to worrying about him in April is, is so Jordan was talking about like our, our final second offense and how he liked how we ran it um, last night, which is fine. But a general trend that I've seen, and this is how this has worked out. For, I, I, again, I, I'm not coming from a very strong position because, like I said, we're 20 and six and clutch time wins. Like, I don't have a lot to back this up. But I think when come playoff time, I don't like the some of that chaos that we have in the final seconds of games in clutch time moments where you're kind of as a fan, you're on the edge of your seat and you don't know what to expect. Like, on one hand, you're like, we have all these great players, you expect them to hit a shot. But then a lot of times you see us turn it over, make stupid decisions, take bad shots. And in the playoffs, the margin of the, the room for error is so small that I think he needs to tidy it up just a little bit by using those timeouts a little better at the end of games. Last night it worked out great because we were able to use that last time to drop exactly, it too fast. Exactly. To drop the Tatum play. So, Again, I'm not coming from like a very strong uh, position to make this argument, but I think when the playoffs come around, we we can't have as much chaos going on because those crunch time wins are are they matter so much more. It's the difference between going up three to one in the finals and being tied two two. Okay, like being able to operate in those in those in those really important seconds that dictate games. You need to have order. You need to know what your team is doing. And Joe's shown us he's great at drawing that out of timeout plays. Like he, like you said, Jordan, he's an offense. Like he's very strong basketball mind. He knows what he's doing as a coach and drawing up plays. And it, he needs to leverage that more by, you know, putting a little bit more of an imprint on the game as a coach and managing the team better um, in those really important moments. And I think in the playoffs, it'll pay off a lot. Um, and and now is the regular season, so he needs to start practicing that. So come playoff time, he knows what he's doing. Again, it's but then again, it's a very small gripe or criticism of Joe. Like it's not obviously it's not something that now makes him, I think, a terrible coach. I think he's still an amazing coach. I don't know if I I'm not gonna compare him to Ime yet, but but yeah, I think I think overall he's still totally different from Ime, I feel like, right? Yeah, different style for sure, for sure. One hundred percent. Um, but I still think in that's like really the only area he has to improve on. But I think it's really important, especially when like if we want to make the finals and win the championship, like those are those are like the small details that make a big difference at the end of the day. So, yeah. Thanks for I mean, coming to my I mean, school. I, I mean, I understand. I, I mean, I understand that. But I feel like that's also a gripe that every single fan has of their own team because because like you kind oh, of yeah. like only really notice it when it happens to you kind of a thing you know because like mean. you're not going to remember a game where like the okc thunder absolutely melt down in a, in a close game because you don't you don't care about the thunder you know or when yeah. the clippers do it or if they're like today for example i was watching before this i was watching two games uh nationally televised was the bucks versus the suns and then mm. the lakers versus the mavericks the Mavericks blew a 27-point lead yeah. and completely Luka was, and Luka. Luka was turning the ball over left and right. Kyrie was a brick. Um, 
right at the end of the game and they let the Lakers come back on them right like and that's a that's a Mavericks team that went to the uh conference finals last year and then we had you know so and they had the same coach, coach. yeah but I'm saying like they still had it right and then the Suns they were up by like six or seven against a team without Giannis I know they don't have Durant still but yeah, I can't believe I mean lost. like let's be let's be real here you expect you know the core of Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiden were all playing to beat the whatever percent of Middleton they have, the Holiday and whatever, and yeah. Brook Lopez, right? And the Suns fell apart horribly, mm. right? And that's a, a team that's been to the finals before. Um, they were Devin Booker, man, turning 66, sixty-six win team last year, I believe, right? So I think it's very easy to like want more and think that the sky's falling with a guy like uh you know with your any your coach whether it was Udoka last year or Joe this year Brad when we had him but uh I think it's important to remember that for the most part uh Joe is always is you know our guys are doing good they're they're really benefiting I think from his style of coaching I really actually love the no timeout strategy um I I like love it comparing it to other I like teams it too now. especially in the regular season it, it, I actually think it's so brilliant because I've noticed that when teams go on runs, if you can counter punch them, it really takes the wind out of their sails. Like when they think, oh, we got like eight, eight, oh, run going and you score back to back buckets on them. And then they're like, oh, maybe we don't have a run going. And I think, uh, you know, I think so. I, I like Joe. I think he's really doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. So the downside to that, Jordan's obviously if. If you don't throw that counter punch, though, then it can kind of spiral out of control with yeah. the no timeouts. But I, I am with you on the no timeouts. I like letting them figure it out. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I I agree too. I just the reason I feel like I'm I'm probably being overly critical um, is just because I don't want coaching to be the reason that we like lose in the playoffs. Pretty much, I don't want that to be the yeah the deciding I mean- factor. I think as long as Joe just, you know, and he has Brad with him, you know, yeah. like so Brad can always help out. And I'm sure if he really needed Ime, Ime would, you know, lend lend him his ear, you know. If that's interesting, if, maybe if he asked them, I mean, you know, they, they're they're probably still professional with each other, yeah. I'd imagine. Uh, you know, so like uh, yeah, Joe's Joe does he's gonna he just needs to not sink the ship. The ship navigates yeah. itself at this point. Like it's on autopilot, really, for being yeah. honest. Right. And all he has to do is not sink the ship and just, you know, get the crewmates where they're supposed to be and trust Jason, Jalen, you know, Rob, Al, and all of them Smart. to not screw it up. And I think we can do that. We we have the luxury of doing that. That's fair. Yeah. His emphasis but, on threes is great too. Love and love it. Love that. Yeah, love good. it. Random thought. If we win the title, yeah. does Ime get a ring? No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. No chance. You don't think so? I think he what would. You Why? Would. Really? Because the players love him. Well, Tatum loves him. I if don't Tatum think Brown said, loves give him. me a fucking Jordan, I've said that. ring. Then Jordan, I've said that. <laughs> I think, I think Joe... Brown respects him. Yeah. But I don't think Brown likes him. I think Joe's. I, I said this on the last episode, but I think Joe's going to be the reason Jalen stays. I think Jalen's staying no matter what. That guy's not turning down the contract. He's he, yeah, uh, he's not leaving. I don't think there's a chance in hell either one of them leaves Boston. I think it's zero. Okay, I hope you're right. I hope. I mean, you gotta remember that which team gave him a hundred. 
I mean, which team gave Jalen a hundred million dollars when everybody said that he wasn't worth half that? Yeah, that's Fair. think about that. They gave him that money when nobody else was going to give it to him. Players remember that. Yeah, it's true. Um, all right, let's transition. So our last part of the the pod, we want to do something a little different. Um, taking some inspiration again from Bill Simmons podcast, looking at like an old Celtics trade, um, and kind of analyzing it in hindsight, what could have been better? What could have been worse? Was it as great as we first it thought? Um, so for today's episode, we chose the Kyrie Irving trade. Um, I know huge, probably maybe like the biggest trade ever in Celtics history. What do you guys think in terms Kevin of Garnett. like, yeah. The, okay. Actually. Yeah. Second. Cause KG was probably better than Kyrie at the time and but Kyrie Kyrie's at the time though but like was, in terms of bringing a star over yeah yeah, yeah. probably we goes gave KG also nothing on that deal um yeah. but for Kyrie we also pretty much gave nothing but Kyrie was like a top three point guard in the league at the time I would say um and we got him and it was like also to the to the team that we got him from the team that just beat us in the Eastern Conference finals the year beat before it. like like yeah. it was just a really insane trade. We got Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas coming off top five MVP year. Jay Crowder, um, Ante Zizic. Yeah, right? I was gonna say. I was gonna say you better not forget Zizic. Yeah, no, I won't. I was huge on Zizic, and then the a first rounder, which ended up being the sixth eighth pick or eighth in the draft. Pick. Yeah, I think it was eighth and, pick in college Sexton. Exactly, and it ended up being Colin Sexton from Bama. Am I right? It's completion on the dark. Yeah, that was yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, Matt, we were in Cape Cod together when that happened. Couldn't stay off our phones at a really expensive right, dinner Raylan. that our, yeah, that uh, <laughs> our, our friend's dad was paying for, and we're getting yelled at to get off our phones. Never gonna Seems forget like that. Every Celtics fan remembers Fucking where they insane. were when we made that trade. Yeah, where insane. were you? I, I was playing basketball at my friend's house, and we were playing the kids a full court, so we were just playing. And one of my other friends who was just taking a break. He just screams. He screams my name. He's like, "Get over here!" I'm like, "What happened?" He's like, "You guys traded for Kyrie." I'm like, "Shut the hell up!" Don't trade for Kyrie. He's like, "Yeah, you should trade Isaiah Thomas." I go on my phone. I'm like, "I can." I was in shock. Yeah. I was like in genuine disbelief because, like you said, team just eliminated us. You know, Kyrie won a ring with them. Why the hell would they do it? Now I yeah. know why they did it. The guy's cuckoo. But fucking, you know. Um, yeah. I was like. I for me it was such a difficult trade, surprisingly, because like you're getting the superstar player. But at the same time, I remember emotionally, Matt, we were like, is like are we happy about this? Like we we loved Isaiah Thomas so much. He pretty much put the Celtics back on the map, overperformed, like exceeded expectations beyond belief. And then we just ship him out as damaged goods after he got hurt, which honestly, probably our fault. I think our medical staff's fault for why his career got derailed. We, we fired our medical, we completely overhauled the medical staff after that season. Um, So it's like, it was such a difficult and like, I was so torn. Um, And, but at the time we thought that's it. Like we're winning the, we're winning the title. Right. I mean, there was little Hayward doesn't explode. Exactly. Um, But beyond that, it's just like, also just Kyrie ended up being a disaster as a locker room guy. And, just not at all what he kind of jocked himself up to be. Um, so yeah, Matt Jordan, what do you guys think? Like how how much how different is it now in hindsight looking back? Do you still think would you have st- still do that trade? 
I think so, but yeah. So, I mean, hindsight, looking back, I this is actually an interesting one because it's like the Celtics clearly got the the like more talent, um, and it seems like such an obvious trade. But honestly, in hindsight, I'd probably say I wouldn't do that trade. Like I I know Isaiah totally flamed out, but like. Kyrie kind of just wasted two years. He he didn't play in the first playoffs. He was hurt, and then the next year he like might as well not have played against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, right. We would have been better off if he didn't play. And in Rozier was running on the show, so I mean, going back, I, I I wouldn't do the trade, even though at the time, obviously, a a very good trade by Danny Ainge. Um, something kind of to note. So like Colin Sexton, I don't think is good. I don't know your guys' opinion. I don't think. I he's like just, he's like a six like he can score. Yeah, he's, he's just a spark plug. Exactly, he's nothing special. But I went back and and kind of looked at that draft, and so Sexton was eight, so that was the Nets pick. And then at ten and eleven um, was Michael Bridges, who you give loves, and then SGA, who's I was going to say it was not the Shea draft. So like, imagine like a like a worlds where we yeah, yeah where we don't I remember, Tatum. Draft I remember reading something like, about shit. I remember reading something about Boston actually being high on Shea really That's like awful. like during the draft process but they all I mean, like how how good would he be dude with with Brown and Tatum how yeah. fucking unreal would that I'm, be I mean yeah but we also <laughs> you never you never but like we get Shea and who knows what Shea becomes maybe we get another yeah, Smith you know maybe we get another yeah. Langford can't break the rotation early and doesn't develop. Um, I would actually do the trade over and over and over and over again oh. a million times every day of the week. That was after great, knowing the result, after oh, especially, oh. especially wow. knowing the result, because to me the what? alternative, especially knowing the yes, result, yes, because it because this it crazy taught, than your it taught a, it taught a few <laughs> to me it taught us some lessons and it saved us from a huge mistake. One, we didn't give Isaiah a contract, giving mm. that guy near max money or however much I agree I with this. That could have screwed our team over royally. Like, we would have 100% knows? paid him. I mean, yeah, we would have. And who knows what we would have had to attach to get rid of him. We gave up the – we talked about this a little bit, I think, off camera. But uh, the we, we gave up a first-round pick to get rid of Cantor. Imagine yeah. what we had to get attached to Isaiah to get off of that contract if we needed to, right? It would have been – nobody would have wanted that. That would, that would have been a disaster. And – but the real reason I thought this was good and it actually took a few tries for them to learn was uh, it kind of made, I guess, Danny and then Brad really realize that this team didn't need a point guard, like a ball-dominant point guard. And we made the same... And it's not Kemba's Kemba. fault, but we kind of made the same mistake with Kemba. We didn't want to lose Rozier for nothing. So I guess, again, it wasn't, you know, ended up giving us Al back at the end of the day. But... It was a lesson that we learned, and it was basically okay. This is not. We don't need point guards like that who are offensive weapons and defensive liabilities. That is not how we win around Tatum and Brown, right? It it made us realize like what we had in Tatum and Brown that we didn't have a guy like Kyrie in them. I guess for some people the jury might be out on Brown, but uh, like he, for the most part, those two aren't Kyrie. They they care about winning and only winning 
um, which is a lovely to see. They don't care about all the rah-rah stuff that Kyrie goes on with, <laughs> you know. And it allowed also anti-Semitic films. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it allowed Marcus also to be, you know, pushed into the center of you know as the point guard eventually, right? And we made a finals, right? Yeah. In spite of all that, we made a finals. Look how good Tatum is. At least from the first part of the season, people are saying he's the MVP. Brown, I think, is an All NBA player this year. I really don't think that that happens. You know, with if we never got Kyrie, it, it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like you learn from your mistakes, right? Yeah. We needed. I feel like was... these lessons were all learned from the Kemba stuff more so than the Kyrie. Well, because they just Danny went did. out and did the same thing. Well, again I think Danny Cuba. didn't. I think Danny didn't learn the you know from his mistake. But Brad sure as hell did coach. You know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. When he went to the GM, he's just like he saw it from the coach's perspective, so he understood yeah. it better. And he was like, "Look, we're not gonna fall into this trap again, right? Of like, ooh, shiny point guard. Like, unless you're a generational guy like Steph Curry, my belief is you have to be as a point guard or center. You have to be generational to be a winner." So you Shaq, wouldn't go out and get Donovan Mitchell if you could? No, he's too small. He's going to be a liability in the playoffs on defense. Sure, he can give you 40. He can also allow 40 very easily. Uh, I don't like guys okay. like that. But, like, you know, unless your name is Steph Curry or Shaquille O'Neal, you're not going to, or, you know, I don't count Giannis as a big, but Giannis, you're not going to win in the modern NBA. It's built off of wings and guys who can defend multiple positions. That was a lesson learned with the Kyrie stuff. So that's why I wouldn't undo that. I think it was good for us to learn that lesson early in Tatum and Brown's career rather than learning that lesson later in their careers and actually throwing away a great chance at a championship. Yo, I was I was about to agree with Matt, be like, don't do the deal, especially after the draft pick argument. But man, I don't know, Jordan. You kind of just he's, changed my mind. Stuck. I like I like that outlook a lot. I I don't think we would have learned the lesson only off of Kemba because you could have easily blamed that on bad luck and him getting hurt. So you needed the two. You needed, you the, needed two the two in, that in were conjunction. completely different situations. I mean, when Kemba came in to the Celtics, he had missed, I think, six games in his career. And then yeah, he, he was... got his knee injury that completely derailed his career. You could have thrown that up to bad luck and – not never look twice at it for any reason not to yeah and next thing you know we go out and we get brunson right now to be right. point guard or something and you never know how that works with with the team although i like brunson in new york but with our team i don't know i don't think that would be a good fit um i think for sure that tatum and brown learned so much dealing with like that kind of adversity with 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 um with both the Kyrie fiasco and then kemba having to step up when your star player gets hurt like that, even with that opportunity, even with Gordon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you don't get Kyrie, who knows if that even happens, right? With the Gordon, I feel like if you don't do that trade, everything that happens afterwards, you kind of have to erase. So yeah, exactly. Gordon probably doesn't get hurt. We can, I feel like we can say that since it was such a fluke. And then yeah. who knows how much Ch- Jason and Jalen play, how much they develop, what kind maybe of role Jaylen, they have on the team. Maybe Jalen's no longer on the team. And we're talking about a Celtics team that has Anthony Davis somehow, you know? Who knows what could have happened? Exactly, exactly. Um, but I think there's more. And we could go on with all of these scenarios. Keep saying what if this, what if that, which I get is like a very slippery slope. So you would do but the Kyrie trade again because Hayward. No, no, no. Wouldn't no. I would hurt. do the, That's like your. 
I would do the Kyrie trade because it taught this team so many lessons about I think yeah, the point fair. guard lesson is enormous and smart is a is evidence of that of exactly that we learned our lesson and yeah. that was the right decision. Um I think that the way that Tatum and Brown have come into stardom and just are completely the best doing the league. I think that doesn't happen without the trade and the way things unfolded the way they did. Um, and you r- really can't complain. I mean, we made the finals. Obviously, we're not counting NBA finals appearances. We want to win the finals, but we're well on our way to do that. And I think without that, we might be on a longer timeline and not there yet and more so dependent on our draft picks. And I'm glad that we took a step forward by trading some of those picks in the Kyrie deal, which Danny Ainge was hesitant to do in the past. And Brad isn't. And I think that might be another thing that Brad is learning from. So I think we made we made the finals, though, after Kyrie was gone. And yeah, it's yeah. Like Tatum and Brown didn't make this crazy step until. Well, we made the Easter Conference th- finals. Until after Kyrie left. Like Tatum was great in the playoffs as a rookie. And Brown, and Brown was, great. was great, too. But that was Kyrie wasn't playing. And then they the next year, they weren't great. Like Jalen was sent to the bench, like wasn't was like our seventh man wasn't playing a ton and they didn't take that step forward until I th- after. So I think that making the Easter Commons finals being a few minutes away from making the finals against LeBron in game seven as a rookie to yeah. the next year losing in the second round four to one to the bucks. I think that's an incredible lesson for two young guys like Tatum and Brown that nothing in this yeah. league is guaranteed. And yeah. that taught them the importance of winning and playing hard and so many more, so many other things that are that you you I'm blanking on the word again, but just these these lessons that that aren't just apparent from playing basketball and getting minutes, but you have to go through these difficult experiences to learn. And so you know, you're right that the finals happen later, but we still made the Easter Commons finals set like twice yeah, after that in the twice. bubble, dealing with Kemba's injury. We got Kemba because we lost Kyrie. Like yeah, that whole experience. all this adversity is great for Tatum and Brown. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. But I think it has like obviously the Kyrie trade brought adversity in, but but I don't think that's a good reason to say we should have made the trade because if that's like sort of what you're arguing, I think the biggest I, reason honestly is the Isaiah the Isaiah contract. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that, that's that I, like. I, I, that, like that it would have been horrible and i like yeah i mean i i think we might have we might not even have smart anymore if we gave him that contract because i don't know if the ownership would have want you know after giving Pay that big contract now you have a point guard committed yeah exactly have a point guard committed to like a max deal or near max whatever they would have given isaiah you might not want to give smart a second or third deal you know let him walk let rosier walk and who knows where we are but and just real quick because i know we might be running low on time I'll say this. The team in the West, everybody often compares to the Celtics, uh, the Clippers. They are learning the lessons that we're learning, that we learned. They are learning this, and they are making the same mistakes that we did. They brought in John Wall, right, to be their, like, point guard maestro. You know, not a good defender really anymore, right? Didn't work. So Terrence Mann goes in. They start doing better. And what do they do? Let's bring in Westbrook and make him our starting point guard. Right, because they feel like they have the need to have a guy like that, and I don't think Westbrook's bad for them off the bench. But careful, I think, like, loves Westbrook. Teams, I think team. I actually like Westbrook. 
teams fall into that same trap of like this is what it's supposed to look like right we're supposed to have a point guard and then a two and a three and a four and a five and then they're supposed to all look like this but modern nba is shifting from that right where like you know Giannis can be a point guard now right tatum six foot nine can run the offense you don't need to have these traditional roles and i really do think that that's a lesson brad stevens learned especially him. So that's why I would do it over again. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the I think the IT IT contract is a huge thing. And then another thing of not doing the trade, it just real quick, I think that there's just so many more question marks in terms of like hitting on draft picks um because that's what like a lot of I feel like that argument rests on and that I just like where we ended up after the deal. Like I just like where we are right now so much that it's really hard to complain about. Yeah, that's that's not doing it. That's solid. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, good point. And any anything else to add, guys, before we wrap it up? Well, Derek White is the team MVP. That's for sure. Okay. Um, quickly, Matt, I do want to do our predictions for the week. Oh. Tell so everyone guys, what, what my yeah. record is in yours. Just tell tell everyone that real quick. Yeah, Matt got lucky. He's six and zero now on predictions. I'm three and three because I'm more optimistic and I believe in our team a little bit more. But it's okay. I'll I'll take it. It's just hey, you predicted that uh, Charlotte lost though. I did, but I predicted <laughs> the Bucks <laughs> win. I predicted the Bucks win for the Hospital Celtics, and you did not. Yeah, so, fair. um, so. We actually have a lot of games this week. We have the Knicks tomorrow, no Jalen, um, for personal reasons. Then we have the Cavs on Wednesday, the Nets on Friday. Pretty sick week. Um, I'm going – I'm going to kick us off. I'm scared about tomorrow, but I'm going to go win because we're playing great. Um, I'm going to go win – oh, fuck. All right, I'm probably going to go 3-0. I'm hot on the Celtics right now. But I think if we win or, tomorrow – What are we doing – I'm doing win, win, win. The next game on Sunday, also, or no, 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 no. no. Okay, Just the okay. next game tomorrow. So I'm going to win, win, win. <sighs> Write it down, baby. All right. I will. I am going lost tomorrow. Oh. Um, I think. I think the game against Philly is super emotional. Took a lot out of them. No Brown hurts. The Knicks are a bit feisty. And. I'm gonna go lost there and then win Cleveland, win Brooklyn. And then Jordan, let's get yours yeah, too. Jordan, yeah, yours. you go. I'm going to go with Yegev here. I'm gonna say win, win, win. I'm gonna say we're I mean, we have Derek White's presumably starting tomorrow now. We all know exactly. Derek White's the best player. So with Derek White's in, good things happen. I think that's a win. Uh again, we have Cleveland after that, right? Cleveland and yeah, Brooklyn. At home. Or, yeah, Cleveland, right? Brooklyn. Uh, Cleveland. I think they're. I think this team wants some revenge on them. Yeah, and I, I think they're gonna get that. You know, kind of like saying you're not gonna forty forty us again. Yeah, win over there. And uh, Cleveland's. I think they won today, struggling a bit. And then Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not good. Their offense is really bad. Uh, they've iced out Claxton completely. I don't know why. I think that's an easy win, actually. I mean, if we can go three and zero, these are some legit like Eastern Conference teams. Coming off the the Sixers win as well, that would be a pretty huge week if we can wrap it up like that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
All right. Bye for Great episode, guys. Jordan, thanks for coming on. Good work, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. I appreciate you guys having me. Yep. And we'll get that Derek White MVP campaign going in the second half of the season. Oh, he um, deserves it. All right, boys. Have a good one. Peace.